Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast. I'm Brand. And he's Scott. And after the 40th time I've tried to <laughs> record this beginning, that's what we're just going to stick with. We're going to stick with it. it Thank works. you for joining us. We are a podcast where we trade off giving each other albums that the other hasn't listened to. And we come here, we talk about them and have a jolly old time. Jolly. And I said jolly old time because even though Whitechapel is a an American band, there is a lot of British stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot. And I can't wait to talk about it and explain more of it. But first, I need to ask Scott. Oh, um, we're starting off with a question. Yes, I am because okay. I know you are because I know you are familiar with Whitechapel. I did know I I know you've listened yes. to their last two records. Yep. So how much of a shock was this album? So the way I listen to records for this show, I throw them on and do just random stuff, have it as background music, kind of. Uh, so didn't shock me too much. Like the the music was uh, right on par for an earlier version of the band I already know kind of feeling, you know, then I go in and read the lyrics while listening, uh, doing my deep dive thing, uh, after a couple of days usually. And that, yeah, that was different. That was, a, that was a different, <laughs> different thing. Okay. Well, we teased that. So now let's start this off. I'm going to give you some background on Whitechapel. We'll talk sure. about the history a little bit here and then yeah, let's do that. What was going on in music at the time. Whitechapel is a deathcore band from Knoxville, Tennessee. I don't know if I would classify their recent albums as deathcore, personally. No, I personally would not either, which is why the lyrical content uh a bit surprising. The band is named after the Whitechapel District in East London, and that's where Jack the Ripper committed his series of crimes slash murders. Yes, I did know that. I did know that. Uh, I personally have, have been, I don't want to say a fan. Of Jack the Ripper? More the mystery of it. Yeah. Like, like I've, I've done, like, I've watched a whole bunch of documentaries. I've done a whole bunch of research, like, prior to this, just looking into Jack the Ripper. Because I've, I've always been curious. Like, he's the one that, like, got away. Like, nobody has an idea of who he is, supposedly. I mean, they think that it's some painter or something. But what do you feel about that theory that it was multiple people? Like, it was a group? I don't like it. I like the idea more of it's one dude. But I, but I feel like the multiple people is more believable with the amount of shit that happened. Possibly. Um, but the the way it was done, I feel like it would be hard at that time for it to be multiple people with the same skill set. Well, I just read a book. It's called Anatomy, a Love Story. And it's mm -hmm. about um, like the 1800s medical scene. Sure. And it's a, it's a young girl who wants to become a doctor. And she discovers this whole... And it, it's real, like they're called resurrection men, where they mm -hmm. would go and dig up bodies. Yeah, for the the medical. Yeah, they sell they sell them to the university, so so students can hack and slash at a real body. Yeah, and the the whole like caveat on it is you you have to take them naked. Like if there's even clothing on them, it's a felony. 
Yes. It's theft. But if you just take it, the body, it's, it's grave robbing at that point. Yeah. Which yeah. is insane. I know. But basically, basically this um, wealthy girl who wants to be a doctor, but women aren't doctors at the time, meets right. a young resurrection man. And then they discover this plot of these doctors like doing these crazy experiments, but on the very non-wealthy people. <laughs> like they're just yes. like they will take an eye out of a non-wealthy person to put into a wealthy person. They will cut a leg off to give a wealthy person of the non. And it's a it's a wild book. And it takes right, a wild yeah. turn also. But it's oh, by okay. Dana Schwartz, if anybody is interested in that book. Back to Whitechapel. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Founded in February 2006 by Phil Bozeman, Brandon Cagle, it might be wrong, and Ben Savage. You know, Ben Savage from Boy Meets ben, World. I was going to say, Boy Meets World, we talked about them a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Soon joined by Alex Wade as a, as a guitarist, along with bassist Gabe Crisp and drummer Derek Martin. The group recorded their first demos in March of that year. And then in 2007, the band signed with Siege of Amita Records in the UK and Candlelight Records in North America. I've never heard of either of those record labels. Uh, I will tell you that Ferret partnered with Siege of Amita in September of 07. So I think that's probably what got them into the, the major label thing. Sure. But the weird thing is Candlelight Records is a British record label based in London, but they have a US division. Oh. So... So Whitechapel signed with a British record label for the for the US yeah. and an American record label essentially in the UK. For the UK, that's so crazy. <laughs> it's pr- it's so it's backwards. A wild, wild scenario. <laughs> right. The band acquired new drummer Kevin Lane before releasing their debut album The Somatic Defilement in July. So this is a brand new drummer. Brand new drummer, yeah. Gotcha. The Somatic Defilement released July 31st, 2007. That's my wife's birthday. July 31st. Happy birthday, Emily. This is not the present you would want. <laughs> yes, it is. You'll love this. You'll love not this record. This, not this one. I got a lot of records released in July here. So Sweet. I'm, love it. I think I was deep into music in 07, I think. Oh, really? So you got a I lot on this list. There's a there's a lot that... And I there's even some I didn't write down because I was like, he probably never listened to that. So I'm not even going to put that one on there. <laughs> also released in July. This one didn't have a release date other than just July, just which July? was weird. Weird, but this yeah. one was a big one to me. I bought it at Warp Tour from the band themselves. Got it autographed. Love it. It is the Serpent by Still Remains. Okay, yeah, I listened to that. I, I thought that album was great. It's one of the albums that brought me over to cleaner vocals, which I didn't like before. Grand Rapids, Michigan. They're from they're from my state, and that's definitely why you listen to them. I was gonna say <laughs> I did I did know them, and I did like that album. I think that's their second one, right? I think so. Serpent, I didn't listen yeah. to the record. Their first one I really, really dug. I bought the record after I like I just they they played it they were one of those bands that played at like ten AM. Yeah, so super I early up, band. Right. Yeah. Watched them and I was like, I like these guys a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, them. they put on a good show because I'm I'm pretty sure I seen them open up for crap, I can't remember who. That time in my life was when I was going to shows all the time. So they had the stage presence of a much more Yeah. Yeah, a much, yeah, exactly. A much bigger band. I was like, going to say a more seasoned band. but well, I was going to yeah. say more weathered, but yeah, 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 for sure. Now ones that actually have dates. July 2nd, Behemoth's album The Apostasy came out. I know you've recently gotten to Behemoth. Yeah, I don't know that one, though. I, I'm real light on my Behemoth. I am as well. There's two Behemoth albums that I like, and I don't think I ever listened to the Apostasy. I haven't yet. July 3rd, an album you recently purchased and have spun. Oh. It is T.I. versus T.I.P. Oh, yeah. actually, I've had that. Yeah, I've had that one for a while, though. Well, then you, I just saw you spin it the other day then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I got his uh, I got his first one not too long ago. I got okay. I'm serious not too long ago. Also, July 3rd, Silverstein's Arrivals and Departures. Super good. I think that's the last one that like I hung on for. Like, I think okay. that was the last one I was serious about. And then is the next one like Shipwreck in the Sand or whatever it is? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one where I was kind of like, it's it's fine, but I think I'm over Silverstein at that point. They have a new one coming out uh, like next month or something like that that I'm not too high on. Oh, you heard a single and you're not. not I heard a single and I was just like, this isn't it for me. So I didn't. I haven't (laughs) even pre-ordered it, which is weird because Silverstein, I'm I'm pretty on board for everything they've done, but for some reason, this single did not did not work for me. Next up, July seventh, Broken Side, who we talked about before. (laughs) Nope. Their album, The Broken, which you would huge for you, huge for you. The, their the the album that freaks on it was bigger. 
Yeah. But this one, <laughs> this one was also on the old. This might have been pre iPod. This might have been my Zoom days. Oh no. <laughs> I wish I still had a Zune, man. I love that <laughs> thing so much. I loved it so much. I thought I thought it was everything about it was better. Like when I had to switch over to iPod, I hated it because yeah. the, the the interface of everything was just so different. And mm. I don't know, it was just I loved my Zune so much. I never had a Zune. I, I was always an iPod guy. You made the right choice, but <laughs> yeah, I, it I stuck loved around. The Zune. Next up, July 10th, Smashing Pumpkins album Zeitgeist. That was the last one I actually liked. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know Smashing yeah. Pumpkins were putting albums out in 07. It, it actually wasn't bad. There was, I think, a record or two between that and the one I'm going to give you, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, that I didn't really get down on. But Zeitgeist came out, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It's been a while since I listened to it, though. So, I mean, in 07, I enjoyed it. I have a yeah. lot of those as well. Yeah, yeah. I listened to it. <laughs> right, exactly. Also, July 10th, Against Me's New Wave came out. The phenomenal record. I so really liked the New Wave. I think they put th- I think they put like three great albums out, right? Like in a row. Like they were all really good. Searching for a Former Clarity was the first yes. one of theirs I got on, and it was amazing. New Wave was super good. And then I want to say White Crosses came out after that, and that was my album of the year, the year it came out. Which which is the Eternal Cowboy album? That is the one previous to Searching for a Former Clarity, I think. Because I think Axl Rose was the first one, and then Eternal Cowboy, and then Former Clarity. Yeah. Great band. I, I kind of fell off after White Crosses, but I, I I haven't listened to any of their newer stuff. I think I've heard a few here and there, but I don't think I've listened to a full project. Also July 10th, Bad Religion's New Maps of Hell. Not my favorite. It might be my favorite. Really? New Maps of Hell is your favorite? I love it. I saw them because I saw it's also when I saw them perform. That's what they that's the tour they were on. Oh, OK. I, I, I've seen them quite a few times. Uh, the first time I saw them, they were touring in support of uh, New America, okay. which is probably one of my favorites because it was the first new one that they came out with since I found them. My absolute favorite of theirs is Suffer, which is the first yeah. album of theirs that I found. But after, oh man, I want to say after the process of belief, all their newer stuff after that just really didn't do it for me so much. But I need to I need to go back and listen to New Maps of Hell and True North. I think there was another one in there that I didn't really get down on. But yeah, I need to give them a give their newer stuff a shot again, I think. And then wrapping up the July 10th somehow being Scott Day because we had we had Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> against me, Bad Religion, and then also July 10th Real Big Fish, Monkeys for Nothing and the Chimps for Free. Not not a good one. Not a good one. <laughs> That's, but it's still a boot. It's still an album that you listen to, it, I guarantee it, it. It definitely is. It's definitely one I actually I probably picked all four of those up on release date. That's if we're crazy. being honest, I probably I probably picked up all four. Real Big Fish really fell off uh, after, I don't want to say like their second album that I listened to. The Joke Got Old. They were, they were <laughs> in that they were in that vein of ska that was just ska comedy. Yeah, too comedy inducing. Like, I don't I don't need it, dude. I mean, I don't I don't hate on it, but that record just didn't do it for me. That's fine. You're allowed. You're allowed to feel yeah, whatever I know, you I want. You, you, don't need to, you don't need to defend your real big fish. I'm, d- I'm defending it to myself. <laughs> July 12th. This one was big for me. I probably listened to this thing back to back with somatic defilement. Carnifex, Dead in My Arms. Nope. Not one I picked up. Never. Have you listened to Carnifex at all? I don't think so. I don't think it'd be your style. It's it's more like the satanic shit. I know you don't connect with that at all, but we'll yeah, get there. I'm I mean, sure with this album. I don't I don't have a problem with it, but the, yeah, I just it doesn't it usually doesn't do it for me. July 16th, MXPX Secret Weapon. Yep. All over that one. Also July 16th, and this is probably why you didn't pick this album up or know of this band because you were listening to MXPX at the time. Quite the Unseen's Internal Salvation. <laughs> there you go, yep. So their their final album. By the way, still a band. And their last album they put out 07. Oh my gosh, that's so long ago. Dude, that's 15 years ago. Holy cow. Still touring. Still touring. Wow. July 17th, Blue and Exiles, Below the Heavens. I wasn't on them yet. And you haven't went back and listened to that? No, I haven't. It's it's considered like a masterpiece. It's, Is it? It's I'm going to really have to re- listen to that. July 24th, I see. I, I only put this on here because I've seen these guys, I think, on tour with Whitechapel. Ooh. The the Red Chord, Pray for Eyes, came out. 
I have no idea who that is. I think I saw them in support of Whitechapel and Acacia Strain, and I saw Whitechapel and Acacia Strain together once, which, let's be real, that was perfect Whoa. for me. That's a <laughs> crazy, crazy tour. And it was in like a, the venue that I saw it at was a reconditioned cathedral. Oh, wow. It was called the Altar Bar. Gotcha. We had one of those two. It was Clutch Cargos is what it was called, but it was a renovated church, uh, which actually is funny. It's renovated back into a church now. I think that may have been what happened to Altar Bar as well. Which is funny because I can't imagine that place being holy anymore after all the shit I've seen there. So (laughs) I would not go there to worship anything. Albums are released the same day as this one, July 31st. Corn's Untitled, also considered Corn 2. I know I was on it. It's not one of my favorites, yeah. But I, I was listening to it for sure. Also, July 31st, Common's Finding Forever. So another Common album. Common Solid. I listened to like three of his. Uh, so I, I don't know that one off the top. Also, July 31st, Starting Lines Direction. I don't know Direction. That's the big open field looking one. It might be on its side. Mm. It's like on its side. I don't know. I liked it. It's It's the starting line. I don't think it's their big one, though. Yeah, no, that's probably one I didn't pick up. And then July 31st, another band putting out their debut album the exact Ooh. same time as Whitechapel. I'm not even going to preface it. I'm just going to say it. Do it. The Way of the Fist by Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, God. If only we could have stopped this day from happening. Debut albums came out the same time. Whitechapel oh, and Five Finger Death Punch. That's so different. <laughs> it is, but in my head, Whitechapel has drifted closer to the sound that they are than this sound. Kin feels more like a Five Figure Death Punch album than this. <sighs> I mean, it's not Deathcore. So then let's move on to the Billboard charts. Week sure. of July 28th, 2007. Billboard 200. I actually started at number seven here because I know you'd like this number seven. Ooh, fun. It is Minutes to Midnight, Linkin Park. God, so good. Linkin Park, dude, I... I they are one band that I forget how good they are every once in a while and then go back and re-listen to stuff and just keep getting blown away. Like I, they, they're so good. And it's, I made a joke about it back in the day that every time a new Transformers movie was coming out, a new Linkin Park mo- uh, record was coming out at the same time, just because their music is so theatric that it just fits really well in a in a transformers movie but uh yeah love lincoln park of course uh rest in peace to chester minutes to midnight is the one that got me back into lincoln park oh good yeah it's it's a super good record i mean like huge hybrid theory fan like that that was i was huge loved it it was one of the cds i got from columbia house when i paid a penny there you go and then i kind of didn't care about anything else they did and then I heard the single from Minutes to Midnight. I can't remember what it is offhand. Yeah, I can't either. And, and I said, this thing is this thing is pretty, this thing goes pretty hard. And then I got into the album and I liked it a lot. Yeah, super good. Number six, I didn't know this dude was still on the charts in 07. Bon Jovi. Ugh. With Lost Highway. Ugh. Moving on to number five. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, My December. I know that record. I was a Kelly Clarkson fan. I think I did buy that CD. Number four, I've seen this band's merch around. I, I've heard this band's <laughs> name a okay. thousand times. I've never listened to one track. Oh, no. It is Interpol. Oh, yeah. With nope. Our Love to Admire. No idea. I've I also, lo- along the same lines as you, I've seen yeah. the band's name. I've seen the merch it's out there. Weird. Never I've listened never to even, them. Never felt compelled at all to even like check out a track. Just, like do they okay. do they have singles? Because I like I've never even happened to come across them at all ever. I thought I was on Interpol, and I know that maybe I'm mixing up with the actual what Interpol is. Mm-hmm. But I thought Interpol was like a big band overseas. Like I thought they were huge in like Europe and shit. I could be wrong. That they might be. I don't know. Number three, we have Miley Cyrus. There with she the is. Hannah Montana two soundtrack. Oh my god! Now the one and two albums were. Albums that we talked about also released in July. Do you want to guess on what they were? Corn? Is Corn oh, one of them? Nope. Ah. It's not one of them. Okay. Number two is Zeitgeist. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I should have thought if that we're, one. If we're honest, that kind of only leaves one that you would expect to be number one here, and that is T.I.'s. 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 T.I.P. Yeah, yeah. That album was big. 
Yeah, that's a great record. So moving on to the Billboard Top 100, the the, the singles that were banging, and I have eight of them here, and you'll know why in one second. <laughs> Number eight, Bartender, T-Pain featuring your boy, Akon. No, <laughs> no. I cannot imagine that was a song I would enjoy. It's a T-Pain song, though. It's not an Akon song, so it's good. Understood. Although I do love Akon's... Akon's 2008 album, Freedom, is Mm -hmm. flawless to me. I love it. I just don't know if you're prepared for me to bring that to you. (laughs) Probably not yet. We we could throw that one on the the B list. Number seven, A-Bay-Bay, Hurricane Chris. What? I have no idea who that is. You've heard... You might not know who Hurricane Chris is, but you've heard A-Bay-Bay. Possibly. Yeah, no. Don't know that one, actually. Number six... The song that was the song of the summer, maybe four years in a row. Oh, man. Buy You a Drank, Shawty Snappin' by T-Pain featuring Young Jock. <laughs> that T-Pain's thing, all over right now. That thing killed like three summers in a row. It was insane. It was insane. <laughs> Number five, I'm not familiar with it, The Way I Are, Timbaland featuring Carrie Hilson, but we have Carrie Hilson popping up again. Yeah. Apparently she had a bigger run than I thought. Yeah, right. <laughs> Number four, I couldn't have told you who sung this for a million dollars, but I'm very familiar with the song Party Like a Rockstar by The Shop Boys. The Shop Boys. Yeah. With a Z. B-O-I-Z. Of course, of course, with a Z. It's 2007. You, you remember that track, right? Yeah. I try not to, though. I fucked with that track. <laughs> I like that a lot. Number three, Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. Okay. Yep. Number two, Umbrella. Rihanna featuring Rihanna. Jay-Z. Man, that thing didn't go away for the longest time. And then number one, which means we are definitively in the peak of scene music. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey there, Delilah. Oh, wow. White that was over Umbrella? Number one. That's so crazy. Number that was, one. That was a huge, huge song, though giant the, yeah giant it was track. massive i learned how to play it <laughs> i'm pretty sure that there's like a tv series being made about the track currently really yeah and i don't think it's gonna be good oh probably not we talked about the other albums that came out in july we talked about what the charts looked like in july somatic defilement released july 31st 2007 it's 10 tracks, 31 minutes, 59 seconds, because you can't get that 32 minutes in there. You don't need it. Cut <laughs> right. that second out of there. Yep, exactly. The personnel for this tr- this album is Phil Bozeman on vocals, Ben Savage on lead guitar, Brandon Cagle on second guitar, Alex Wade on rhythm guitar, Gabe Crisp on bass, and Kevin Lane on drums. Three guitars is wild. It is produced by... And I'm, I'm, I do apologize ahead of time. I tried finding a pronunciation for this name, and I couldn't. <laughs> I, I, it's Mia Lajunese. M-I-A-H-L-A-J-E-U-N-E-S-S-E. Big-time Knoxville um, studio person, like big-time recording engineer. He produced and mixed this whole thing. Oh, wow. And okay. Whitechapel, the band, are also credited with production on this. So before we get into your running down the track list here i'm gonna try to combat what you may say with <laughs> it's mostly a concept album like uh, the whole, yes. they, they they do consider it a concept album based on jack the ripper yep i get it and a majority of the songs are first person narratives about the slaughter and yep. rape of prostitutes they sure are every single track there's hey, there's there's two that are not. There's two that are about something different. The intro? <laughs> well, okay. Ten tracks, 31 minutes, 59 <laughs> seconds. Let's start off with the intro. Necrotizing. So for this record, as I, I stated before, I listened to it as background music, dug it, did my deep dive, listened to it completely with reading the lyrics, and then took a couple days off. From listening to it. <laughs> In the same mindset as Continent did, but I know there were extenuating circumstances with Continent. There was, but uh, there's a note in this in, in the track-by-track track about that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. But I did manage to get a second set of notes that I wrote okay. after 
Uh, so I have I have two sets of notes for almost every song. The first one, the intro necrotizing, not much to it, but the post-apocalyptic sounds and the quote, that's a bold beginning for an album. The quote is an excerpt. Well, it, there's a few excerpts from a Stone Phillips interview with Jeffrey Dahmer. So they're okay. Jeffrey Dahmer quotes. I th- okay. That's why it kind of sounded similar to me then. Because I... I've I've dabbled in researching serial killers and stuff like that just because the process of it and the psychotic brain is interesting to me. Maybe not to the extent of writing an album based on it, but yeah. So so I probably heard that quote before uh, while looking up Dahmer stuff. Necrotizing is very short; it's like thirty yeah. seconds or something. Yeah, but then short. we launch immediately into the title track, the Somatic yes. Defilement. Uh, the vocalist deep guttural growls have always impressed me. The music of this song is great. I love the end with the orchestral strings, but the lyrical content is really creepy and got a little too specific for me. Too specific. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of specifics that are super creepy in this record. Like very specific. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, like an injection of sodium thiopental. Yeah, I I get into that a little bit later on in notes as well. But as I drain the throbbing cysts from the gangrenous vagina, what the? F- why is that in anybody's head ever? The the mordant reek is overtaking every inhalation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After this song, I was still cool. I've rethought my opinion on Whitechapel a lot. After okay. listening to this album, because I've always complained about this, the next one, their third one a little bit. But those are the only three I really ever mess with heavy. Like, I like their first three a lot. First, sure. The second one's my favorite, I lo- but I, I love this first one, too. Mm. I think the reason that they became a different band is because this is your debut. It's unbelievably extreme. Like, it's extreme metal. We're, there's no doubt about it. This is yeah. extreme metal. Right. And, and they've done it so well, how do you improve on it? Like, if, if your first extreme metal release is kind of perfection in the terms of an extreme metal album, you have to change because you can't just put that. I mean, bands do it, but you can't just put that same album out over and over again. Right. So I respect them for changing, even if it's if they changed into something that isn't necessarily what I want to hear. Sure. My second set of notes for this song just says instrumental switch at the end with the orchestra was fantastic. I actually used two separate, two separate notebooks for doing these. Cause I didn't, I had to, because I, I had to split personality this. See, I thought it was because you wanted to burn the notebook after you're done with the episode. So nobody ever knows these notes you kept. I'm I will never burn these notebooks that I use for the show because <laughs> I think they're, I think they're amazing and they're, they're crazy. Uh, a look back on our on our show, but yeah, the the notes I took for the the first set of notes is is pretty pretty rough. So then we move on to the third track, technically the second track if we're being real, right? Divergination studies again with the crazy deep growls. They are amazing. It is incredible that someone is capable of making that noise without anything being added. Like his his vocals are just. You can't recreate that unless you're him. The craziest part about it is when I first heard them, I was 100% convinced that it was an inhale. It was a brie. I thought it was right. a brie inhale. And I was like, I've heard that. Yeah, I, I've heard breeing. Like, it's it's pretty sick. And then I read, I saw an interview with him where he said he doesn't inhale at all. Everything he does is an exhale vocal. Which is wild. Insane. Yeah, that's when you, wild. If you know about like those kind of vocals to think that he's doing this all exhale is insane. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. Now I'm actually a pretty studied individual when it comes to history and serial killers, but the vocabulary used in these songs kind of makes me feel dumb. And I'm torn by desire to know what he's speaking about and my disgust about the subject. I think that's what kind of puts it on a different level. Because like mm-hmm. you could come out and write a song about this with basic cookie cutter words. Agreed. I think the the writing of this, like you said, with the words that it's like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That's what puts it on a level. 
Yeah, Re- I, like reading yeah. through the lyrics, I was just like, what the heck does this mean? But I really don't want to know what the heck this means. <laughs> I have a like a personal story about this this song. About this one? Go for it. About about the Virgination Studies. There's a moment in here where he does an eight-second, like, insane deep that, growl. Yep, that's my second notes, my second before, set of notes. The, before the, like, the, the big breakdown. Yeah. So... I kind of was listening to this one day in the car. I, I might have been driving my sister somewhere, maybe like a basketball, like a basketball game or something. And this song came on and that long eight second vocal, like you can, it stands out. Like yeah. it, it might have oh, been yeah. on like lower and that stands out. My sister says, that sounds like dad when he throws up. Oh no! <laughs> and it became a joke in my family that this song is my dad puking. That's so funny. He rarely ever puked, but when he did, he made the biggest show out of it. Oh, yeah. It, it was honestly just him screaming into the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it became a family joke. And to the point where it's hard for me to listen to the song without thinking of that. Right. Like, yeah, I love sure. the song so much. And that's one of the best vocals, period. Yeah. Like there was that whole, um, I mean, it's still happening. People are still going nuts over that uh, Lorna Shore record. Right uh, through the hellfire about that vocal. Yeah, this was done fourteen years. Before. I was gonna say, it was, yeah, fourteen. It's an absolutely insane skill that he has. But yeah, I, I picture my dad throwing up every time I hear that's the so funny. Stuff. My second set of notes is his vocal control on that long growl is insane. Like it, it just really is. I, I can't imagine being able to do that without tearing your throat apart. I've tried many times. I can do it. Inhale. Well, let, hold on. Let me rephrase that. I used to be able to do it inhale. Sure. I'm very, I'm very out of season. I haven't done a vocal in ten years, easy. <laughs> right. But I used to be able to do that inhale, but exhale, not a chance. I can't. No. I don't have that in me. I don't, I don't have it it in me. takes so much breath control to be able to pull off that sound for that amount of time. I just can't imagine being able to have that amount of of, of power in your voice to hold it for that long. It's, it's he's, incredible. He's not a big dude. Like Phil Bozeman no. is not a big Holy dude. Holy cow. Okay. So when you listen to this and you picture vocalists that may, you might not have seen before, he comes off as just a big beefy, a nine like, foot man. Yeah. Just a, a Viking of massive proportions. Yeah. But he's like, like what? Maybe six foot, 170 pounds like skinny kind of dude i just googled his height and it says five seven holy cow he's even shorter than i thought he is my height that's insane i mean we're not here to height shame like it's no no we're here to do but not at all but i'm saying picturing this dude i imagine a massive massive guy not five seven not five seven and quite literally one of the like He's not he I don't want to say he's sickly looking, but he's he yeah. he looks like just a, a regular sized dude, like mm-hmm. skinnier than me. Yeah, he doesn't look like corpse grinder up there. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> that, but that's who I imagine he would look like if I was yeah. listening to this for the first time. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. And we can talk about it every track because he honestly. Oh, yeah, he does this every destroys. track. Yeah, every track, every track. There's one part where you're like, holy shit, his vocal right there is insane. Yeah. And that, that's something I like you said, I could say for every track uh, listening to this as my second set of notes. His vocals are just incredible. Like if you don't take if I didn't take the lyrical content into consideration, his vocals are amazing. Moving on to pros, pro, prostatic fluid asphyxiation. Yeah. OK. Yeah, man. I don't feel this at all. If I don't pay attention to the lyrics at all, it can rock. It, it can rock in the background, but I'm back to that uncomfortable feeling I got with that second Acacia Strain record you gave me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is where like we separate on how we listen, because yeah. I don't know if I knew most of these lyrics for most of the time. Although sure. I will, I will credit Whitechapel for probably being the band that made me hit that next gear for my like acquired ear of listening. Like it mm-hmm. made me hit that next gear of, I can understand these words. Sure. Yeah. Like I, I can't understand them all, but, but like you can getting pick some, some of them, them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Considering that this track starts with, quote, raping her and hacking slashing violated. I'm not sorry. I don't care at all for what I did. You deserved everything you got. Yeah. You completely lost me. I don't even want to say this one, but I feel like I have to. But no, I you don't have to. There, there's a lot like of shit on this record that you don't have like to have say. To, I have to say this one. I feel like I have to. This is this is one of the ones that Lucas is not going to listen to this this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, so, like, he's not going to listen to it even if I don't say this? There, yeah. He doesn't need to hear okay. this one. Well, then I can say it anyway. Go for it. Um, I amputate her salty clitoris. Yeah, no, dude, no. <laughs> How is that a lyric? But like when you step back and like it is it's a concept album, it's written as if he is Jack the Ripper. So that was never in any of the studies about Jack the Ripper. That right there oh, is something that he thought up. Like that's <laughs> that's the thing. Okay, I can appreciate it as an as a concept album if if it contained only the stuff that Jack the Ripper did. There is a lot more going on in this record than what Jack the Ripper did. And maybe that's the point where you lose me. Because now you're going from a historical look at it to basically fan fiction. I had this playing this morning when Tara woke up and she said, is that the album for today? And I said, yeah. And she's like, whose pick is it? And I just looked at her. I said, (laughs) And she's like, it sounds like it'd be yours. And I said, yeah. I said, Scott only knows Whitechapel from the last two albums, and I think he's going to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't an Acacia Strain situation where I, th- I I was hoping you could get around it. This was a yeah. situation where I just I, I knew how you'd probably feel, yeah. but I also needed you to hear the Whitechapel that I know. Right, yeah. Oh, no, I, I get it. But yeah, it, it's definitely a different level of Whitechapel for me. Prostatic fluid asphyxiation, it's a punishing track. It's just it's just punishing oh, yeah. you through and through. It's 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 a brutal track. By the way, I overused the word brutal a lot in 2007, so I'm going to use it a lot in this episode. 100% because this record is that. Um my second set of notes for for this rec- for this track, um that little drum solo break towards the end was awesome. Um cuz cuz there was no uh stories well, about cutting off body parts. Well, my my second set of of notes is based just solely on music. Sonics. Yeah, just because Which I is had probably the way you should have done it. Like that's probably what you should have done for the Acacia Strain record. Probably, uh, but at that time I was too messed up that week. It was just oh, yeah, uh, no. yeah was, we said there was there was yeah. extenuating circumstances. Yeah, but for this, like I said, I I do my background listening, then do my deep dive, and usually I'm just cool after that. But with this record. I don't want to say I forced myself, but I I made a conscious effort to go back and listen to it just musically and like forget trying to understand the lyrics, even though I read them already, like trying to actually forget them and then going in and looking at the record, how I probably looked at it the first couple times I listened to it. And it's it's fairly easy to ignore the vocals, even if you yeah. like, have read it, because you can hear what you want to hear on a lot of it. Yeah, for sure. Other other than like the um, the like second breakdown in divergination studies, I think it is when it's send the slut back to hell. Like that one's very yeah, that's in your very fate. yeah, yeah. There's another one I can't remember what song it's on, but there's another one, another lyric in here that that was super out in the open, but it wasn't that bad. I, I didn't write it down because I can't remember it. So next up. We move on to Fairy Fay. Yeah. You're making me wonder if I actually like or am able to enjoy Whitechapel. Oh, boy. I can't get myself in the headspace for this stuff. The music and vocals are impressive, but the lyrics take me out completely. Uh, this this one's a little faster than some of the other ones. Like, it's kind of yeah. moving a little at a different speed, uh, but still un- unbelievably heavy and destructive. It's just a fast ripper. And you could almost say this is like a punk album in terms of you're getting kind of the same thing each track. Like yeah. you're kind of not getting a big difference, but they're doing what they plan and set out to do. And they're doing it to what appears to be the peak of their abilities. Right. Second set of notes that beginning with the guitars reminded me of a Pantera opening. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. The opening kind of squealing sound for the guitars just kind of gave me a Pantera feel. Next up, we have ear to ear. Every song is the same subject. I feel mm-hmm. like if I wasn't so disgusted, 
I would be bored by this point. Okay. Just because as I said, like, as I said previously, every, every song has the same, the same things going on. And if I'm listening to a record that is not, if I'm listening to a record that has the same themes going through every song. Yeah. I'll, I'll just get, I'll just start zoning out and kind of get bored. So do you think if you, if you were not interested in Jack the Ripper, this would even be harder for you to listen to? Yeah, I wouldn't have made it past like the first two songs. Like, and you can even notice that in my note taking for this, the first two songs, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, it's all right. You know? And then by this time, yeah, I'm just, the sentences are really short. I think had I not known anything about Jack the Ripper, I would have just, nah. All right, note to self. Next time I bring you an extreme metal album, say it's about Jack the Ripper. Got it. it. Understood. This track also has another incredible breakdown. Like, it's just unbelievably heavy and slamming and punishing and brutal with two O's. (laughs) B-R-O-O-T-A-L. Yeah, my uh, second second set of notes is that break in the middle, then coming back in was pretty great. Yeah, music, musically... I dig this record. Next up, Alone in the Morgue. And this one is not about Jack the Ripper. This one is about, according to Phil Bozeman, sure. it is about a coroner who is a demented necrophiliac. Yep. Yep. That's um, all you need. That's the whole song. It tells you exactly what's happening. Yeah. I can't even imagine being at a place in my life where I would be thinking or writing these lyrics. Don't get me wrong. I have been fascinated by Jack the Ripper as a mystery, but never to a point where I would write something like this and put the words I, me, my, or you in it. Do you have a second set of notes for that? I do. I liked how it went pretty doomy there for a minute and really slowed down towards, towards the middle, middle end-ish. It got really kind of i think that's why their breakdown seems so punishing is because they are so busy when it's not happening like there's so much going on yeah yeah they they do a lot and then when there's a breakdown it's it's down like it is Yeah. yeah like i said musically it's it's pretty amazing next up we have festering fiesta the only other track on here that's not about jack the ripper and this one is about jeffrey dahmer Okay. I wrote down first set of notes. I know this record is only 30-ish minutes or whatever it is, but is this thing over yet? I can't get into this at all. Sonically, you could. Sonically, I could. But these were the notes I was taking as I was reading the lyrics. As far as the music, that opening snare drum bit is fantastic, and the creepy dual guitars are killer. By Thursday, I was able to forget the lyrics enough to have heard, quote, monster truck sized ice cream end quote and i laughed a bit i don't know where i heard the lyrics in that song but i swear to god i was working i was at work building a panel and i heard monster truck sized ice cream and i laughed out loud yeah i don't know i'm looking at the lyrics right now yeah no idea where i i could have possibly heard it but i was like sure i'd go for that (laughs) second to last track vice or exerciser uh, nope. I wish I had not looked up the lyrics to these tracks. The first couple of listens through, I was enjoying this record, but when I looked up the lyrics, everything changed. As I expected. As yeah. I expected. Uh, second set of notes. This song didn't really do anything musically for me. It was just kind of chugging along. See, I I thought this one was a little more technical than some of the other ones. I thought this one would have got you sonically a little more. But I do think this is one that has one of the other out in the open lyrics that you will never fuck again. I think it, I think. It's yeah, that might have been the one. Man, that fucking lyric, though. I mean, I, I have to. <laughs> no, I will spit right in your fucking face. How does it taste after the lips are sealed below your waist? You will never fuck again. That's mm. in, that's so wild. Yeah. Why? Man. I guarantee you I've discovered Whitechapel by watching breakdown compilation videos on YouTube. And I guarantee you that that and maybe ear to ear was on there. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to like these guys. (laughs) (laughs) So then we move on to the closer, Articulo Mortis. Nah, dude, this is not for me. I can't get down with this. This actually makes me question if I like the Valley as much as I thought I did. I liked the little music break before the repeating and now you rot. I did go back and start looking up the lyrics to the songs on the Valley. Yeah. I like it a lot more. There's, there's no, 
there's nothing resembling this on that record at all. Well, yeah, you go from this is a concept album and the Valley is also a concept album. Yeah. So you have the Valley is what their seventh album, eighth album, uh, something like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty far. It's their there. seventh or eighth. Yeah. But also, do you think any of that is because this album, by the way, their only one released by Candlelight, they signed a metal blade immediately after this record. Mm. Do you think that there's a little of the of the record label saying, hey, uh, you know, you guys have, you know, you're pretty popular. So you want to get more popular. Let's let's ease up on the on, <laughs> on, that, on that stuff. That's quite a possibility. And if that's if that's how it went down, I respect the label for saying something. I also respect the band for taking that kind of advice and being like, yeah, maybe you're right. We could possibly be bigger if we toned down the necrophilia talk. Also, you you listen to the did you listen to this on Amazon Music? Yeah, I think that is the remastered edition. Okay. At which was done in 2013, I believe. I think it was re-released and that it was remastered by the producer that they used from here on out. Like the next album and every other album afterwards, I think, has the same producer. Oh wow, okay. So I think that they just took somatic defilement to him, he remastered it, did whatever he needed to do. But if I'm being honest, I don't recall much different. Maybe this is cleaned up a little bit. I was like say, maybe it was a little more I was dirty. gonna ask if like you you noticed any kind of difference in it. Not offhand. If okay. there is, it might just be like there's a little le- a little less dirt in it. Like there's, sure. you know what I mean. It's just cleaned up a bit. Second set of notes for the last song. All right, articular mortis. Yeah, let's hear the good stuff. Uh, the beginning chaos seemed kind of mathy, a little Dillinger escape planish. There's one of the guitarists just was going off like doing this crazy stuff in the background that if you didn't, if you weren't listening, you could have missed it. And that that one got me i was like oh that's incredible the ability to make that i don't even want to say stand out because i like i had to like search for it but to have that i can't i can't imagine having that in the background just because it was so wild but i i love that that opening chaos part i do have like a cleanup note for the the whole thing this is second set of notes the drum work throughout this whole record is pretty incredible i feel like the dude's feet never stopped like he just had double bass drums going through everything and he had to sweat off 50 pounds in each song. It, it's amazing. There's some crazy guitar work as well. Uh, that kind of reminds me of early new metal with all the squeals and the chugging and stuff. And then there's some kind of dueling guitars in the middle of some of these songs that were just the, the musical ability of these guys uh, is pretty outstanding. They're insane musicians. I agree. Yeah, through they it. really are. And I am glad that you were able to at least find some of that and you didn't just have pinpoint focus on the 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 material yeah. included in their lyrics. The lyrical content, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually I don't have to go through and make a second set of notes. I'm glad you did that because it means you 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 tried to listen differently. Yeah. Like I tried to listen to it. I don't want to say like you because I guess it's kind of like you like listening to the music for the entertainment aspect of it a bit, yeah. but I just, I just wanted to listen to it completely separated from the lyric. That's why I, I took a couple of days off. Like I listened to it a couple times last Saturday, did my notes on it on Sunday while I read the lyrics. And then I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to wait a couple of days. And then that's when I made my second set of notes was Wednesday and Thursday here's a good explanation of how I listen to something like this. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Like the, the gore stuff. I've never had a problem with any of that. Like all mm-hmm. that wild gore stuff. I, the older I am, the less I enjoy it. I will say sure. that. But I mean, Oh seven, I was 17 loving right. in the midst loving. of. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like when you listen to like, like, let's say a rapper, you're listening to a mm-hmm. rapper and you're like, you're hearing it, but then one bar will happen and you'll just go, Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like how I listen to Whitechapel is like I'm listening to it. And then that breakdown will hit. And I'm like, oh, my God, right. like it's just it's the same situation. It's not I'm not invested in a way that I'm trying to get into the mind of Jack the Ripper. Sure. Yeah. Oh, and, and I totally I get that. It might have even been different in the if the if the theme of each song was a bit different. But because it, every song was kind of so similar, maybe just the. Just the amount of it is what got me. 
So do you have a top three, a top I do. one? I, I did okay. a top three for it uh, based based on the musical aspects of each song. Number three is The Closer, Articula Mortis. I love, like I said, I loved that mathy, crazy, like, gem I found in the beginning there. Just the guitar work on it was was pretty phenomenal. My number three is Vice or Exerciser, so move Okay, on. <laughs> gotcha. Number two is Ear to Ear. That is also my number two. Yeah, that that breakdown in the middle and then yeah. came right back with the brutal. Came back with the brutal. Just fantastic. And then my number one is the title track, The Somatic Defilement, because okay. that ending part where they brought in that whole orchestra, like coming from coming from the crazy heavy band work and then throwing that orchestra kind of coming in from nowhere mm-hmm. and then filtering in and then being at the end. I, I honestly thought that was beautiful. I thought it was great. My favorite on this, and I probably doesn't have to be said, Divergent Agent Studies. I, the, <laughs> the eight second, the eight second vocal that reminds me of my dad puking is one of the greatest things. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have to ask, but I have to ask. Yeah. Uh, before I ask, though, we will that we're, we're putting an amendment in here. Yes. It's not it's not just thrown on or grown anymore. No, we, uh, we we decided that after a little while of us being so black and white with the owning of a vinyl copy, as opposed to enjoying the project, mostly. We needed to put something in between own and and grown. grown. So we will now be asking the question, and I'm going to ask it. Scott, throne, yeah. own, phone, or grown? I, I, I have to go with a grown on this one. Yeah, that's what I, 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 I couldn't see you listening to this again. I feel like with the amount of times I listened to this thing this last week, I got put on some federal database list that now I'm going to be looked at for a, as a murder suspect or something. I've been on that list for a long time, so welcome aboard. <laughs> I, I like us adding the the phone to the list. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. And um, phone meaning you will like listen to it streaming, or you'll listen to it digitally, or yeah. something. But, yeah, exactly. I think I think that's a good call for us because there are definitely albums that we give each other that yeah, I I download the I download it, but I don't need it in my vinyl collection. One hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. So maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a mini soda at some time going back, and if we want to reconsider any of our thrown owner groans. Sure. But yeah, we could like we could like go back and like, hey, is this where you're still at? Or you know, maybe you've rethought it or thought about the album more, or maybe you wanted to change a groan to a phone. Maybe you want to change an own to a phone. Right. <laughs> so this is a groan for you, understandably. I yeah. I know this isn't your vibe. You don't get down on this. Yeah, but not really. What what was your vibe this week? What were you listening to during the downtime when you weren't listening to Jack the Ripper soliloquies? <laughs> I was listening to the newest pup record, the unraveling of Pup the Band. Actually, uh, Stick and I were tweeting each other back and forth a little bit this week about the record. He asked if I listened to it and if I liked it. I said, yeah. And uh, we both kind of agreed that it could use another two songs. If it had another okay. two songs, it would be fantastic. It's pretty short feeling. Um, it's got a couple interludes in there that make it feel a little bit shorter, but felt necessary for the whole record. But yeah, it, it's it's really good. I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, it, I, I felt like I didn't get quite enough, but a song or two more would have been fantastic. I always wish that for records that I like. Knowing where I was with um the dream is over sure where do you think i would sit on this on the new pop record you might like this a little bit more i think okay there's not as much self-deprecation type stuff okay that that you didn't quite feel on that record there's this great song about it's uh, i think the title of it is love song written by a robot uh, which okay. is pretty it's pretty funny basically about a computer dying and him backing it up on a different computer kind of uh, is, is what it felt like it was it was really kind of funny so maybe you would you would like that um there's a lot of the interludes are kind of against the record label which is kind of fun okay they're very they're very um piano lounge type songs richard cheese yeah maybe not that bad uh but <laughs> but they're they're fun yeah it's it's an overall fun record i think you might like it a bit more you can check it out it felt more like an ep because I, th- I want to say it was like 10 tracks, but three of them were interludes. Okay. 
it's 12 tracks my bad yeah 12 tracks one track is nine seconds long one is 27 seconds long you know so there's so so yeah 10 tracks yeah right <laughs> but yeah overall i really enjoyed it i thought it was great what was your record of the week my record of the week was wwcd by griselda it was the uh, debut studio album by all of them. It was oh, know, okay. the sh- kind of the shady debut, the release. So every one of them is on every track, and oh, wow. those are the tr- those are the tracks I look out for on their individual projects. Yeah, we o- we always like rave about the tracks that they're all on when when yeah. each project and, comes out, and when they're all together on this. Uh, it came out 2019, by the way, late 2019. I was going to ask when that came out because it it can't be a new thing. I didn't hear about it. No, 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 no. It was yeah, late 2019, I believe. But yeah, all of them are on every track. It's 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 what you would expect. It's all three of them just going in. And I this may be the place where you could enter into the West Side Gun because yep. he is rapping a little more as opposed to being the artist that he is. Gotcha. So I think there may be a little there to get into. Yeah, he feels more like a hype man in the newer stuff than he does a rapper when I hear him on a track. At times, but then at other times, he's just he it seems like he's doing something that we don't understand yet. For sure. That's that's a that's a definite for sure. Yeah. Like it seems futuristic almost. Like, oh, is this what hip hop's gonna sound like in five years? Right. And then ten years we'll come back and listen to it and be like, oh, he was way ahead of his time. Yeah. Which, by the way, and I'm still on it, that stove god cooks, man. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Yeah. In 10 years, we're going to look back and be like, yeah, stove god, stove god cooks knew what was going down. <laughs> right. All right. So we covered Whitechapel's The Semitic Defilement. It was a groan from you. Yeah. We covered our, we covered our records of the week. Mm-hmm. What are we listening to next week? Uh, this is one that I've mentioned quite a few times in our past episodes saying that I'd eventually bring it to you. It's one of the newer records that we're listening to. It's going to be the sleep token record. This place okay. will become your tomb. Okay. Yeah. I think it's time, you know, we're, we're going to get into some, something that might not be considered uh, a Scott record. Well, you know, you might be doing yourself a disservice here because if I love this record yeah. and I end up picking up the <laughs> regionally focused record store day sleep token record, right? it's going to be hard to send to you. I totally understand. Hard. I know. I get it. But I, I, I do hope you like it. Um, it's it's different. And then the episode, I mean, guys, don't ex- don't expect it to run long. It's, it's probably going to be super short because I can't find any information out about this band. So it's, it's going to be a different kind of episode next week. And I have zero expectations. I don't know what I'm even expecting. Yeah. I don't know um, go, yeah, go into it like that. Like, just, just not thinking about anything in particular. Um, because you'll hit, a lot of, you'll hit a lot of different things with the record, I think. I'm interested. And I'm, I'm excited now. I'm not always excited when you bring me something because sometimes I have these preconceived notions of what it could be. Right. But I have none of that now, and I'm excited to get into this and see yes. what I can dig Super out. Super open. And like I said, I found this band by looking at the Record Store Day release list and mm-hmm. thinking that the name of the band was something interesting. So, I mean, you're going to go into it pretty much like I did, not knowing anything about them. And having no expectations. Follow us on Twitter at AYLPod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmo.com. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Find us anywhere podcasts are available. Scott, you got anything else? We got buttons. I'm just I'm just letting letting people know. It, like, you know, if you want a little one-inch button with our logo on it, hit us up on any of those things and I'll I'll send one out to anybody. Like I won't even I won't charge you. It was I mean it was 18 bucks for 50 of them. So I will not send anything out because I still have boxes of shit sitting around here that I was supposed to send Scott like two years ago. I don't <laughs> that, mail. Things. That's truth. I, I don't mail. Things. And I, I can see, I can see a post office from my window. Like that's how little <laughs> I mail things. That's funny. It's, it's pretty insane. But yeah, but, um, I've, I've given out a couple to a couple friends and uh, I have one pinned to the visor in my car. Uh, so if, I mean, it's, it's not big. It's little one inch buttons, but if you want one, let me know. Hit me up, send me an email, Twitter, whatever, and uh, I'll I'll hit you up in the DMs and we'll get your address and I'll send one out. And thank you for listening. Yeah, 100%. Anybody who listens, thank you so much. Um, I got, oh, I forgot. I got told by uh, one of my friends that 
due to our Mac Miller episode, she started listening to Mac Miller and loved it, which is like, it's amazing. Like that, that's just like, it was the coolest feeling hearing that. I was like, that's super awesome. Yeah. So thank you for listening, Scott. Thank you for the friendship and the podcast. 100%. Thank you, brother. I love you. I love you too. Are you listening? Are you listening? The yeah, please don't. Yeah, cut that out and don't put it on the end. I wish I still had a Zoom, man. I loved that thing so much.